only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. How are you guys doing? I just, uh, actually, no, no shit, I just picked this guy up at, at, at a hotel about an hour ago. We ate breakfast. I've never met him. This is my first time meeting him, to be honest with you. I brought him on here to tell his story. He's an American that went over and fought inside of Ukraine. Uh, I, I believe he's done quite a bit. I, I, I actually asked him to hold off on the stories because I want to hear him at the same time you guys are hearing him. And that's, that's pretty much that. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to these fine people that watch this channel. Alrighty. Uh, my name's Dakota. Um, from Ohio, I was in the Marines for four years, just a regular regular infantry guy. And 0352, was anti-tank, trained on javelins, uh, did a year as a contractor after that. Um, yeah, I'm just a dude being a dude being a, a bro. That's about <laughs> okay. it. So he's a dude being a dude being a bro. Now this gentleman, Dakota, uh, you told me that you were going to, um, you were getting into college? On the yeah. T- okay. So I had just started... Uh, just started college February 22nd. Um, I was pretty excited to do cybersecurity and do some normal people stuff. And then 24th of February happened and Russia invaded. And I was like, ah, oh, oh, here we go again. You know? So how, how'd, you, how'd you get from Ohio? How long was the process to go from Ohio to, I would assume, Poland? Yeah. So I'm trying to think. Um, so I had been speaking to a reporter that was already over there. He'd been there for... How'd you get in contact with this person? Instagram. Really? Yeah. That's how so, I got in contact with the people. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just messaged him. I was like, hey, man, I uh, I want to know how to get over there. And he, you know, he was testing the waters with me. He was like, oh, no, man, you know, I don't know if you're serious and all that jazz. And I eventually, you know, I was able to convince him. I was like, I, no, I really need to figure out how to get over there. And he was like, okay, okay, I got you. He got me into contact with two people. Um, one was the driver that picked me up in Krakow, Krakow Airport, took me to the border, and then the other person, um, trying not to give names, but... That's fine. You did this all by yourself, by the way. Like, you traveled over there by yourself. So I went over there by myself. I met up with another guy, and we just went And how did you meet this other guy? Well, he was in the Marines with me. Okay. And we just okay. kind of... Yeah, he, he, he was just coming with me for the most part. He met me in Krakow, and we were like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Um, but it, it ended up pretty well. So once we got across uh, the border... We got picked up and just went to a military camp nearby. Not even Yavorov, not like the big training facility. We just went to like a small little outpost where just like a handful of Ukrainian soldiers just. Outside of Lviv or do you recall the city? Did you even know where you were at the time? At the time we had just crossed the border. So I honestly don't know. It was, it was definitely near (laughs) closer to Lviv than anything else. I mean, honestly, um, it had to be because I remember that they hit one. Probably after you went through, what, what what date did you go through? Do you recall? March 2nd. Okay, so it was pretty, that was, at the, that was pretty co- close to the beginning. Yeah. I mean, that was literally at the beginning. Yeah. So we, you guys know that we had James Vasquez on here like a month and some change ago. This guy is going to be a little bit ahead of James on timetables, I guess, or time frames of being there. I think James got there like mid to late March. I could be incorrect, but I, I so he was there. So his, his stories are going to be a little bit different because he was there more towards the beginning 
uh, of the entire war. And it's going to be you guys. He's, he's going to talk to you guys about Urban and stuff like that. But you're, you're so we're now at March 2nd. I'm trying to keep a time frame in my, my mind because I, 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 for, I know it, it's kind of sucks. I said <laughs> I know exactly what was going on during this time frame. So you went from March 2nd to Lviv, then to what? What happened in Lviv, by the way? So we were in, yeah, the, the little training facility yeah. that they had there. Um, so when we got there, it was middle of the night. We got to this this tent that was beside a couple barracks and they basically started like separating people. They were like, Hey, what's your experience, et cetera. So if you had like zero experience at all, they basically were like, okay, you're, you're going to sign this and that. And you're basically just gonna be a part of like the territorial defense international legion. Um, which is it's security guards, checkpoint guys. Yeah. For the most part, um, like the guys with zero experience for the most part, from what I know, from what I have heard they do like rationalon stuff um there were some guys just doing like convoys in the rear like in kiev not going to the front mm-hmm. as much um if at all um but this is also in the very beginning so a lot of people you know they would just be like yeah i've done this and that and they would just get with units and they'd be like oh this guy's got so much experience and we'd find out later you now know. you're talking about guys that are that are americans or are we talking about ukrainians mixed in with these guys no mostly foreigners, foreigners. like there's all kinds okay. um yeah but Going back to where we started, we were at the tent. They were separating us. Um, I got separated, talked to the commander there. Um, he was in the back just kind of sitting there drinking coffee. And he asked about experience and all that. I was like, yeah, I know how to use javelins. And he was like, okay, well, we got those. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, my guy. Um, and from there, they separated me. I didn't get any uniforms there or anything like that that night. And they were like, okay, you're going to go be in this barracks. I was like, okay. So... That, that was all that night. I just went to the barracks, didn't really get anything, just had my clothes still and like all I, all what I packed and just went to sleep after talking to a couple of guys there and I was like, okay, cool. And you're pretty much just you and your buddy. Yeah. You guys have no real. So he, he did get separated but because I had like went to Afghanistan as a contractor. They were like, okay, well that's something. He didn't have that. So they were just like, okay, you sign here, you get uniforms and all that. And, and they you, like you, separated you, us. You guys were comfortable with it? Well, yeah. It, was, it just is what it is. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's just what it is. There you go. That is true. <laughs> and uh, the next day, we, I guess, we start to talk with. I'm trying to remember. This, this is when I met the guy. Um, okay. The guys. Okay. Um, can't we can't give people's names? So just sure what we're gonna call them. We're gonna call the group that he ended up doing a lot of stuff with mm-hmm. the guys and or the boys. The know. boys, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> so the guys. I tried to get one of them on the podcast. But he does some side work, and it's just I can't. He just can't do it, which is fine. I understand. But we're hopefully going to try to get some guys over there to actually do a documentary of the boys at some point, if at possible, which would be really nice. So you meet these guys there, mm-hmm. which are what I would call pipe hitters. Yeah, they're definitely pipe hitters. And I, I was like, I mean, me being me, I, I was really, you know, quiet. And I was just like, man, these guys, these guys, <laughs> fuck, you know. <laughs> So I was like, oh, man, I'm like, I'm really fortunate to like be with these guys. Like the fact that even were like, yeah, we'll take this guy. I was like, oh, my God, yes. Yes, this is awesome. Um, I mean, even like the guy who was really like setting it all up, he was like, you know, we're probably going to go die. I hope you guys are fine with that. Like <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and <laughs> did you guys train with each other prior to going no, up to there was Kiev? No, nothing? There was nothing. It was nothing. just very ad hoc, you know, just getting thrown in the fire kind of thing. Um, so we're, we're on March 3rd ish, March 4th now. Yeah, okay. I'd say so. And then 
we spent maybe uh, like two days there. Cause I, if I remember correctly, we left like the night of March 4th and then got the key of the morning of March 5th. Um, so there was no prior training. I mean, the guys zeroed the rifles and stuff and that's about it. While I was getting stuff, I was trying to find like batteries for the javelins for specifically for the clue. 5590s and shit. I was trying to find everything just to... Did they have any? Not that moment, honestly. Yeah, they didn't have them, at least in the three warehouses I checked. So they had the javelin body, but they didn't have the clue? So they had the the clues. They had a ton of javelin missiles. They had all all that, but they didn't have any uh, 5590s that I could find. So Um, 5590 for everybody is a a battery. It's a... I think it's a lithium battery, right? Yeah. So it's it's a... It's a... it's a, they use the military uses it for a lot of things. The battery is used for a lot of stuff. The clue is something that attaches to a javelin. You can't, if you don't have a clue, the javelin is essentially, or the missile tube is kind of useless. Yeah, I guess the useless. best way to put it, it it's is. basically useless. Yeah. So you it's so all these Russians. They've been posting photos of these javelin missile tubes, but there's, they're so dumb. They don't realize that you have to have a clue to go along with it. Like you literally don't have anything. So, all right. So now we're looking at March 4th. Uh, now, I know this is this is gonna when when Kiev, uh, Bucha, Irpin, Hostomel area, all that area was really terrible, and even on the up in the Sumy and Chernihiv, I don't know if you even made it up to that far. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you just stayed in Kiev itself. Yeah, at least for the early portion of the war. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was. So before we had left, though, we we did train like me and handful others we had tried to train like the territorial defense guys or the international legion at that moment because a lot of guys that were coming over had zero experience i mean they were from south america all over europe uh a couple americans a lot of british there was all kinds of people just thrown into this mishmash i mean we had to like find guys in the group that could speak english and another language just to translate a little bit that's tough and we were like man this is that's they need dope. to like section off or something by, by nationality or language or something. And it, it was a shame. Cause I mean, even in the international legion requirements, it said, you know, you have to be able to speak English and there was a good bit that didn't. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, dude, talk about bad company. Like you're just talking about a mash of men. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot going on. And so fortunately though, like the guys that we were with, all English speakers for the most part. We actually, we couldn't bring this one dude because he was um, he was in the French Legion and all he could speak was French. And he was, like, we could tell he was a pipe hitter, but we couldn't take him because there was no way for us to communicate with him. Yeah. And we are like, okay. Um, so, yeah. Trained a little bit of the dudes there. And then we left the night of March 4th and we were just in two buses, just a bunch of, bunch of rounds, rockets, all kinds of stuff. We had a ton of laws, AT4s. We had a couple javelins. Not usable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we had everything. We had FNCs. I wasn't expecting to get a 5.56 rifle at all. And yeah. we they, got, they gave us FNCs. And we're like, okay. Hmm. Um, they, were sh- they were terrible. They were trash. Even after cleaning them, I mean, you know, a lot of them jammed. Like our first battle, we were like, oh, man, okay. But, yeah, so we get to Kiev. Morning, March 5th, and first we stop at, like, this little, it was basically like a cafeteria, like, for the Ukrainians, and that was it, and we were like, what the fuck, we're, we're, we're trying to get to, trying to get to the, like, the fighting, like, what's going on here, and they redirected us, so we eventually ended up with a group of Ukrainian SOF, and 
They were like, yeah, I mean, we could yeah, we could take 20 guys with us. We had like 21 at the time. We're like, okay, yeah, that'll do. So there we like signed all of our papers with them, got our pictures taken, all that stuff, got our, our military books. So we are official, you know, we're, uh, we're legal combatants. And two hours after that, we just pushed and we, we went on a mission. I mean, it, I thought it was kind of funny because like they were throwing like boxes of cigarettes, like, like 20 packs, just, oh my God, there's so many cigarettes. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. You know, I've done chew and like vaped and shit like that, but whatever. I was just kind of like, oh, it's funny and loved it. Once we got out there, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, yes, thank God. And so yeah, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. So two hours after the pictures and stuff, we get in our trucks. We don't know where we're going at all. They didn't really tell us. And it's fair. Like they don't know who the hell we are at all. We're just a bunch of foreigners that just come in like, yeah, we want to go fight. You know, we want to help. And they're like, I mean, okay, you can come with us. So we go to the outskirts of a village called Machoon. And we're like halfway, halfway in the village. Um, they drop us off and like, we just see like houses that are ablaze still. Like you hear all the artillery going, mortars. Um, it was neat. <laughs> so we're all jumping off the trucks and we're just trying to like figure out what the hell we're about to do. There's like 200 Ukrainians just like behind a building looking at us like, what the fuck are these guys? Like we just, we just look like shit, you know, we're just a bunch of random dudes with a random assortment <laughs> yeah, of kit, you know, we, we just, I don't know. We just looked funny. Um, but we eventually, we did a little patrol and, you know, we thought like there was Russians in this portion of the village and we're like, oh, fuck, you know, like, ooh, it could be anywhere. And we just go down the road and they, we eventually stop at the edge of a tree line. They're like, okay. This, the, like one of the few cranes that spoke pretty good English, he was like, okay, everybody, everything this way. And he, he like points and directs us towards the tree line. Everything this way is Russian. We must patrol through here. Drop your bags. It will only be a few hours. We'll come back to them. Like that f- few hours turned into four days. <laughs> and, you know, we left a bunch of shit in these bags. Like, oh, man, come on. So we pushed through. And we eventually come to, like, the outskirts of this portion of the village. And we're behind. Um, so we're in the tree line still. But you can start seeing, like, this, this trench line that's on the outskirts of it. And that's when we start taking machine gun fire. I mean, all kinds of automatic gunfire, IDF, like there was indirect fire all around. Started feeling like uh, like Band of Brothers. If you've ever seen like the Bastogne episode. Dude, it, I was just in Bastogne. <laughs> I was just there like last week. Yeah? I'm not even kidding. I literally went there because I went the entire route. I got to show you these photos. Give me that's goosebumps cool. thinking about it. That's the sniper it. tower where they all shot. Yeah. I went to the building. It's still there. Oh, yeah, it wasn't sick. a tower. I went to the building. It has bullet holes on the still side of it. The top was taken out by it, like uh, um, um, one of our tanks right now. It's draw, uh, what is it called? Our tanks, not Sherman. Sherman, mm-hmm. an old Sherman had hit it. It gave us. It's really cool. That's I, w- I went to look at all the foxholes, mm-hmm. dude. It gives like you have no idea. I was looking down at the town of Foy, <laughs> like the town of Foy, which they took. I went down. I got to see all of it. Took the route. I was great. Hell anyway, man. no, that's awesome. I, that was crazy. But yeah, I, it's. <laughs> Like Bastogne, but... Yeah, no, but it, it, like, it felt like that for a second because it was just IDF. And, and this was my first experience with, like, true artillery, like, true modern warfare artillery. Just, it was crazy. And, you know, we're all just lying down in the dirt. Still haven't made it to the trench line. And I know some guys were, like, standing up, like, what the fuck? And the Ukraine was like, get the f*** down! <laughs> and we're like, oh. 
but we eventually made it. We, we were assaulting. We made it to the trench line, and I was only there for like maybe, I don't know, four or five minutes. Because I remember uh, one of the guys, he came up and was like, hey, we need another dude. We're about to push up into this house. And I was like, I'll f- go. Oh, hell yeah. And, yeah, we, that house actually became, like, the house. I mean, we, we were in there for the whole four days, and we were doing operations out of that house. And it was only, like, maybe uh, 50 meters ahead of the, the trench line. And, yeah, it was, it was great. So it became, like, your CCP? No, casualty collection point? Probably no, not that. It was no, probably it was more or less, like, the... It was talk or the HQ. Not or? even. I mean, it was really just. What was it? It was just the line. I, I don't know how. This is a house. It was just a house that okay. we were in. I mean, we we just we were the we were just far not far. We were just on the front line. I don't know how to describe this. It was just the line. Like we were kind of like a like a thorn pushing out of the front line because from that house. I mean, we had one of our guys was a uh, sniper mm-hmm. in the Rangers, and he. He, he killed it like quite literally he killed it like at one point there was a company of russians that had ran from the right to the left a whole company and he just kept taking them out it was the most soviet shit you've ever heard of like just yeah run across the fucking road 10 they lost at least 10 guys just from him just picking them off and what yeah. kind of rifle was he using do you know do you recall it was 762 by 51 but i don't know what it was um one of our guys had just brought it with him Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know how he got it over there. He was in the French Legion as well, but yeah, he made it. I don't know. I don't know how he brought it, but it worked. It worked. Um, so, yeah. You spent four days on this trench line on the, I'm trying to think of what this, this would be on the northwestern side of Kiev at this yeah, point? Yeah, so it's it's northwest of Kiev. It's, uh, it's just a village, really. I mean... Like when I say machine, people are like, "What? What is that?" It's like it's just a village, man. I know, but I'm trying to think about what what major areas around it because um, it's north of Urpin, like north. Yeah, east. I think I remember this area because this is one of the areas where they kept taking and then they kept losing and then they kept taking and they kept losing. Correct. And this yeah. is because uh, Urpin was just like that same way, the whole mm-hmm. Bucha, Hostomel, Urpin area. And I do recall this would be. Is there more woods inside this area? There's a lot of woods. Like okay. It's so it's all almost woods. so it's going towards Chernobyl in a sense. Yeah, so Chernobyl, Chernobyl is is northeast of Machun. So it's like this way. So Machun would be like here, and then yeah. Chernobyl would be this yeah, way. Yeah, okay. Say so. Um, but yeah, it was. Did you guys get anything accomplished inside those four days? Did you guys push forward after that? Did you guys come back? We just held that house. Really, we just we bled them really well. I mean, so the first the first day we were there, um, we were in the house. And it was just me, one of our docks, our really our only dock, and our Ukrainian friend. And we were just the three of us there in the house. And the rest of the guys, like maybe like 10 of them, nine of them or so, they had pushed ahead. And, it, you know, night fell. It was just dark as no, obviously there's no light around. The only thing that was lighting it up was like there was this house across the field that was ablaze and it was, it was like super ominous looking. Um, no night vision. No night vision. At no. the time, we eventually did get some, but at the time, no one had night vision. And Russians was, didn't have them, right? No. Yeah. yeah. We were going so. up against like their VDV or VDV or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we were just there in that house and we actually didn't know like what was going on at all. We had no situational awareness at that point. We were just like, like we're in this house and I would always call up to our, our friend upstairs and be like, Hey, you know, like where the fuck is everybody? You know, like what's going on, man? What are we doing? And he'd be like, hell guys, 
covered me. He was on the long gun that he brought. And he was like, f***ing hell, guys. We have to hold this house. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But and no that, no Ukrainians were moving up. So you guys didn't, did you guys have any communication with the guys that were like 200 yards to your right or to your left? Was there no, any guys there? Not at that moment. Well, we didn't know. We actually had no idea. At one point, he was like, he came downstairs and was like, guys, I think there's no one in the trenches behind us. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate for, <laughs> appreciate the knowledge. You know, it's like, that's whatever. And that's what I, 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 the whole vibe I get from the beginning of the whole war is, mm-hmm. is when they threw everybody in there, they had no real idea exactly. Like they would have a line of men, but mm-hmm. a lot of these men could not talk to each other. For one, their communications were absolutely terrible when it comes mm-hmm. to like radio comms. And they didn't give you guys any radio comms himself, correct? Like you guys, like you didn't have one on you. No. He was the only one that had a radio and he would always have it loud as hell. Like he'd be like, guys, be quiet. And then he's like, <laughs> what are the bubble? And I'm like, oh my God. It's like, it was just like, it was so funny. And I was like, oh my God, come on, man. Um, so now we're, we're looking at like March 7th. You guys are inside about the, it's like, yeah, it's like March 6th or so. And no, no, it's still, uh, it's still March 5th actually. Cause it's still the first, like we had just arrived in Kiev and then two day or two hours after that, we got to the front. And so now it's nightfall, March 5th. We're in the house, and it's still just the three of us, and we're waiting. We're like, where the f*** is everybody? And I'm just, like, covering the only door that comes into the house. Doc is covering a window, looking out into, like, this little courtyard. I'll just show you a picture. And you have a picture of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me see the picture. Okay, so we're going to throw this picture if you guys are listening to on YouTube, or you guys are watching. So the picture you guys are currently seeing is of the house that he took, or they took and they held off. Now, I'm kind of curious, why was this house so strategically important? It was all ad hoc, man. Like, we just took the house and we held it. That was really all it was. I mean, at that point, that whole, the whole Kiev defense was just holding it. Like, holding the line, bleed them as much as possible. Did you guys bleed them out? How many Russians do you guys think were actually killed on this this line over a four-day period? So, the estimates that of what our team was able to do was kill at least 40. On that, in that one house, from that one house? Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy. So they knew you guys were in this house. Do they not have the capabilities to directly well, they, take this well, house? Well, that was a strange thing is like there was moments where they definitely knew we were there and they would mortar us. I mean, at one point, the guy that you met mm-hmm. that um, that I know, he we were in the courtyard prepping laws and two mortars landed right there in the courtyard, but the earth was so soft they didn't detonate. And I just looked at him. I looked over at him. I was like, it's time to go inside, man. I think we should go back inside. And he was like, yeah, you're right. So we went back in the house. We were like, okay, fuck. <laughs> and that was uh, that was like the second day um, of the battle. But yeah, that going back to like the first night that we were still just waiting for these guys to come back. We're like, I don't know where the hell these guys are. Oh, so, so the Ukrainians they left you guys there? We th- we had no idea at that point. Um, so the first night, we thought like we may have been surrounded. We thought everything. It was just like whatever. Still holding the house, looking at the door. Eventually, we hear like footsteps. Just one. And it's our buddy. And he comes in and he's like, oh, this guy's just left me in the front with a PKM. And I'm like, what? what? He's like, yeah, dude, the said just look down the road. And then he never came back. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so he comes back and he comes in the house. Now we have four dudes in the house. And we're still just watching this doorway and shit. And him and I go to like smoke. You know, we're covering it and stuff, just looking outside. And we were just looking at the house that's ablaze across the field. We just hear a dude screaming. This is after a barrage of artillery. And we called it battleship. Like the Ukrainians and Russians would play battleship with each other and just yeah. fire artillery, counter artillery, <laughs> all that shit. And we just heard a dude screaming on the Russian lines. And fucking my buddy looks over and he's like, they must fucking hate that guy. He's fucking. 
I think they left them. And we're just like, God damn, dude. But fast forwarding, eventually we hear like a, a squad plus just rolling up. And it's, again, it's just pitch black. You, you're like stumbling into chairs in that house. Like you can't see shit. And we're all just covering the doorway. And we hear the squad plus coming up. And we're like, oh, fuck. Okay, here we go. Here we go. And these guys roll up and they're like, hey, is anybody in here? And we're like, oh, fuck. It's English. Oh, yeah. They're like, hey, where the has been and like nine of them roll in day and we're like dude we were just it was crazy we were up in this house like 600 meters down the road 900 meters down the road and dude we were just in there and we heard russians all around us and shit. they were speak they were like giving us their uh their like challenges and pass uh, their challenge and they didn't hear us respond and i think one of like the commander that we were with he he uh he cocked his pistol or some shit. And then, like, the Russians got all, like, quivery with their, like, oh, oh, you know, is anybody in there? And then they just fucked off. So they were actually surrounded ahead of us in another house. And then they eventually waited for it to be completely pitch black and ran back to us. <sighs> and we were like, dude, okay. So we started to set up a, uh, you know, a sleep cycle, um, put people on watch and stuff. And our commander was like, guys, you don't need that many people on watch. And we're like, what do you mean? This is, this is a, what? What do you mean? He's like, no, like two guys, two guys. It's fine. It's fine. And we just didn't understand. And the next day we really understood. I I mean, there was like a gentleman's agreement almost at nighttime. Don't mess around at night. Yeah, no one does anything at nighttime. At least over there. Yeah. They can't see anything. No one can see shit. So it's like you don't know if you're going to run into a house and it's just going to be a bunch of friendlies and you can't even see what you're going to shoot. So nothing happened at night. And that's that's when we were like, okay, I get it. I got you. So we only had one thermal and that was what we would use to use on watch for the most part. We would watch uh, any kind of movement if there was any at night. For the most part, it was just like, you know, you'd see a red lens just in a house like maybe 50 meters away from you and you're like, oh, they're pretty fucking close. Okay. Um, that actually happened to me at one point when I was on watch. I think it was the, the first night actually and I said, yeah, they're like 50 meters away. Like, you gotta go wake up like the rest of the guys. And he, but he did that and everyone's on, you know, on their toes like, oh, they're 50 meters away. Oh. And then the red lens turns off, whatever. It just goes back to like the gentleman's agreement. No one's doing anything at night. Like maybe there's a Russian just like looking for his or something I don't know and first night went along swimmingly uh, we all slept pretty well um, there was battleships and stuff but nothing you know landing near us fortunately it was always like behind us like towards the trenches and shit but so yeah so now the second day comes and my buddy's up there on the long gun and he's like he calls down he's like I see you guy they're, they're drinking like this is like 900 meters down the road maybe 800, 700. And he sees a guy. There's like three Russians that are around uh, like a little fire, I think. And he's like, I see him. Can I, can I take the shot? And he's calling down to our Ukrainian commander. Solid motherfucker, by the way. The commander is awesome. Um, he's basically our dick winners, like straight up. He was <laughs> our dick winners, man. He, he's just, just a great dude. Um, and he's like, no, 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 don't, don't take, don't, don't go to work yet. No, no, no. He's like, but I see him. I want that. Come on. And the commander was like, okay, go ahead. And we didn't really get like why he was saying it like that at first. But once, 
my buddy took the shot and, and crumpled the dude. Him and the pelvis crumpled him. Um, like almost immediately, just the day started. Like the battle started. Artillery just started raining in. It was just like, oh, okay, I see. I, I get it now. Uh, it was weird. It, it just like another one of those like weird little gentleman's agreements. Like you let your dudes, you know, smoke, have their coffee, then you can start killing. Like that's, it was just weird. Modern warfare is weird, man. It's, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just so strange. Like even we would just like, you know, smoke and stuff, start our day, I guess. It was strange, but kicked it off, started taking showing, you know, we're, we're trying to like, you know, we're all just down on the ground. Like, ah, oh, gosh, shit. um, by the way, when we went in this house, like when we first came into the house, it was, it was pristine. It was beautiful. I mean, there was a Christmas tree still up. They had a flat screen TV. They had, it was a beautiful home. And like, like the second day and we were just like, okay, we got to move all this. Shit. Like we moved mattresses up against windows. Um, we consolidated like all the stuff you can sleep on into one little room, like in the center of the house. So that that was the safest. There was no cellar or anything. There was a closet that I thought was a basement, and in the middle of the night, I took a piss in it. Um, <laughs> and like, I was like, "Yeah, dude, yeah, go over there. Like, that, that's a basement." And then it was daytime, and guys were like, "This is a f-ing closet, dog." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, f- oh, shit, dude. Oh no." <laughs> it was just we were just disgusting, dude. It was just it was terrible. Um, but yeah, so you know, we're moving all this stuff around. We started to get, like, information that there was about 13 Russian vehicles about to cross, like, on a pontoon bridge. And we're like, oh, dude, they're about to roll up in here. Oh, my God. We don't have shit yet. Um, Whatever. So we have, like, 15 laws or so, M72 laws, and they're all just on the kitchen table. Like, all of them just stacked neatly. Like, we're just – it was great. Um, But there was a couple moments where, like, guys would just be – like. Like, my buddy would call out on the long gun. He'd be like, yeah, there's guys pushing into this building, this house, whatever. And we're like, okay. Guy would pick up a law, go outside. You'd hear it go off, and the house would just be ablaze. No more Russians in there, probably. You know, it was just, it was really strange. Like, there wasn't a lot of, like, besides a long gun, there wasn't a lot of, like, CQB or anything like that. There wasn't a lot of going into houses and, and, and taking out guys. It was, hey, these guys ran into a house, and me or... One of my buddies would just take a law and go outside and just wipe the house with the dudes in it. And it, that's usually how it went there, at least in Michoon. And so anyway, going back to this 13-vehicle convoy, it was tanks and BMPs is what they said it was. So the Ukrainians had fired some 120s onto it on the pontoon bridge, and only like two of the BMPs made it across. And then one of them got stuck in the swamp. And we were like, oh, yeah, only one made it. We can take that. So me and my buddy, we go out with laws. And at this point, two Ukrainian tanks had, like, shown up um, by the trench line behind our house. And myself, my buddy, and then our commander came with us. He, like, always put himself at, like, the point of friction, like a good leader does. He always went, like, where the crazy shit was about to happen. So he came with us, and we're going behind this tank, and it's, it's going down the road. Um, it's skirting. Like, the, there's the trench line, and then there's a road that goes along the outskirts of that village, that part of the village. So we're just going down it behind the, behind the tank and we start taking like small arms fire. And I've never seen like such a quick response to small arms before our commander. He pulled up his little bullpup and was like, and that guy was dead. Like he just immediately schwacked that guy. He was like a little brick outcropping. It was was kind of funny to me. I've just, 
never seen such slang immediately. Um, How close was this? That swarms was about. It was just one guy. Yeah, like seventy-five meters away. What was he doing by himself? I have no idea. I have no idea. I cannot tell you that. At least the the gunfire was from one guy. I don't know if there was more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's just one dude in like this little brick, like blown out little brick outcropping. He just fired from it, and commander was like, "Bat, bat, bat, done." So we go up behind another like blown out brick building. It's me and my buddy, and we were just we have our laws, and we're just like, "Oh man, where's this p at?" And so this is us right here, and then the tank is on the road still. And while we're behind this this brick, we start seeing like um, like thirty mil fire coming from the BMP. I guess it had peeled out from one of the roads, and it just started firing at the tank. It was the most feeble attempt to take out a tank I've ever seen in my life. The tank commander like ducked in. And then he came back out and pointed that way. And then all of a sudden, it felt like every atom in my body was evaporating because the main gun of the tank fired. And then you like look over, and in the sky, it was just a plume of fire. And you saw the crew patch just. Yeah. It was sick. I was like, oh my God. Well, now we have no reason to be out here. The BMP is done. And that was like the the only major push they had taken that day, uh, from what I recall. And that just stopped them, like, dead in their tracks. Like, as soon as a vehicle was done on their side, they would just be like, oh, okay, never mind. I'm done. Go back to my side and just whatever. And so me and my buddy, we just, like, we booked it back to the house, you know, ran down the road, like, got back to it. And while we were gone, that's, uh, yeah, while we were gone, there was a company of Russians that had moved from the right of the road, like, down, down the road from the house, onto the left side. And our sniper buddy had killed like 10 of them. Like just the most Soviet. I can imagine like, yeah, just keep running. Like just keep going. They were going like, like six to eight guys at a time. And he just kept picking them off. And I don't know. It was just wild. He was telling us about it. We were like, what the. So there's uh, another point where another buddy of mine, the one you met, we were out in the courtyard of this house like behind it and we were prepping all these laws like just preparing for any kind of vehicles to come down the road and we were just prepping them and prepping them and we started hearing the and like okay there's some mortars or something mm. coming there's incoming and when you start hearing the you're like oh shit and everyone's just getting down and stuff and him and I we just <laughs> we were in this courtyard and we just fucking got down and there's this garden this, this very soft earth garden that's right beside us and Two mortars landed right there. Uh, I believe they're 82s. And I just look at him like, dude, it's time to go inside, man. You know, we got to go back in the house. And he's like, yeah, I think so. So <laughs> we just leave the laws outside because we're going to use them again, I'm sure. Go back in the house and it's just just chilling for a minute. I mean, battleships going on. Our buddies on the long gun picking off guys. Um, everyone's smoking. Every... I, have you seen the meme of Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette? Mm. He's just outside like, oh, fuck. like every barrage was like that. Every artillery barrage. It was like, oh, fuck. Oh. take a cigarette out and you start smoking. And you're like, oh man, this is, fucking, this is killer. I remember, um, I was talking to our commander and I was like, how do you say thank you? Cause he, he'd get, he had like one of two lighters and we all had cigarettes. We all had packs of cigarettes, but he was like only one of two guys that had lighters. I was like, how do you say thank you in Ukrainian? He's like, Yaku. 
And I kept saying it to him. He's like, no, 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 you're, you're ruining my language. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was four of us. We decided that we would run down the road towards the Russian lines. Um, one, one guy decided that he's a hard charger guy. Like he's, he's just very aggressive and it's fucking awesome. It's just how we went about it that time. I was just like, uh, <laughs> okay. Ran down the road and we t- hung a left into like this fenced in little area. So it was either we run back down the road or we continue to quote unquote assault with four guys. It, it was just a little wild. It was just a little too wild. Um, we decided we'd run back down the road because it was either that or hop over a fence into the unknown. We have no idea like what's on the other side. Um, and I, I saw like movement in a window. And again, there wasn't really any civilians there in that village except for one woman, an old babushka who had like a couple chickens and stuff. And she was completely untouched. Like no one with her. Like we didn't even know she was there until like one day we were like, dude, we're hungry. Yo, come here. Can we go kill that chicken? He's like, no, that's, that's babushkas over there. I'm like, what? There's people here? No, 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 just her. I'm like, what the fuck? She's still here. She's, like, <laughs> she's old. I'm like, okay, all right. We won't, we won't kill a chicken. That's cool. So anyway, going back to this fucking tangent, um, we're in this little fenced off area. I see some fire from a window that's like right above, ahead of us, right above us. Doesn't see us, very surprisingly. Um, we're hiding like behind a shack, like a ram, ransacked looking shack, and a little bit of bushes. And I just. Tell my buddy, like, hey, the one you met, I'm like, hey, just get down for a second. And I pop off a couple rounds into the window and didn't see any movement at that point. Pretty sure the guy was like, fuck, not going back in that window. <laughs> um, so we decided to run back down the road towards our house. We do that. Surprisingly, you do not get shot in the ass. I was like the guy in the rear running and I was like, oh, don't get shot in the butt. Were they shooting at you guys as you ran off? No. Nothing. No. It was miraculous. I. There were so many moments while I was over there that it was just unexplainable how we didn't die or get injured or something. Like it was just, it was really weird. There were so many moments like that. Like the two mortars landing beside me and my buddy, and we we're just like, okay, all right. And then, anyway, we make it back to the house, and uh, our aggressive friend wants to do it again. We're like, what? what? Well, okay, fine. what's the reasoning though? Just wants to take out Russians. Like, just stop them. I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. Like, just stop the Russian horde. But the way that it went about, it was like, eh. So we don't push as far ahead. We just push, like, like 50 meters away from the house towards the front instead of 600 meters, 700 meters down the road. Um, and our other buddy, the one who was left on the PKM the night prior, he, uh, he was also a rocket dude. He, this guy, like, straight up fought with the Kurds, all kinds. Of, he's just, he's badass. And he's like super nonchalant. Like we called him the uh, the White Hodge, because he just is, is about he from that Iraq? life. Huh? No, he's not no, from he, Iraq. He's a he was a soldier, but he fought the with the Kurds. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, like, we met a lot of like, at least I met a lot of really wild characters out there. Like guys that you you don't really you only think you're gonna see them like stories. You know, um, I was really strange, very surreal. A lot of the people you meet over there. But he's awesome. He's he's a fucking dude, and he just takes a law and he's like, "Yeah, Carly, dude, fine. I'll fucking type that rock. I'll send it that way, dude." So he we go 50 meters from the house, doing our like little push thing again, and he gets in this like piece of 
shit like like uh like tin roof shack that's like half my height and he just like crawls in there and he fires a rocket from it blows like the rear half of the fucking shack away and the door with it and he's like who the fuck closed the door on me my ears <laughs> Up, and we're like dude it just closed by itself man like i don't know what to say like i didn't think to keep it open for you you know what i mean i was like pointing that way and i was like that's bullshit and so we go back to the house and, and this guy he just he keeps firing rock like laws indoors and i'm like i don't think you're supposed to do that you know I'm like whatever and he does it again like he fires from the um the second floor the, the second floor of the house that we're in he fires it fires Fucking law ruins uh, our buddy's hide. By the way, because he's been on the long gun all day and night, and he's he's still up there every day. We're up in that house and ruins it with the law. But it goes into another Russian-held house, and we're like, oh yeah, can't eat Rocket Man over here. But uh, when he fired that law, it just it blew the door frame off of that room. It just was gone. Like just ruined this house. Like. Really felt bad. Like, if I could meet the people that owned this house prior, I would just be like, I'm sorry, and also thank you, because that house was, it, like, genuinely saved our lives. And also, I mean, it was, like, it was the front line. Like, it, it really, really helped. Um, and you had asked prior, like, if the Russians knew we were there, and it's like, they did, and then they would just shell us, and, we, you know, we do our little number, like, oh, it's, you know, artillery is like the weather, honestly. It's like, oh, it's raining steel right now. So you just duck and that's it. You just fucking floor and let it play out. And they would shell us and then they would stop and then just ignore us. And then, you know, our buddy would fire a couple of shots on his long gun and then they would know we're there still. And they're like, I like to imagine that the Russians are like, what the fuck are they still doing in the house? We destroyed so much around it. Like, and it was a running joke during that war. It's like everywhere we go turns to ash, but the houses that we're in, it, it was weird. But they did get wise. I believe it was the third day. Um, during the third day, they had counter snipers up, and they were actually looking out for our buddy at that point. And he actually took one round. Well, he didn't get hit, but it went right by him, like him between him and our commander. And immediately he just started crawling out of the room, and he came downstairs and was like, yo, my hide's blown. Like, I can't, can't do anything from it. And it just, it just was that way. And there was this, this very young Ukrainian soldier, um, called him, called him maniac. Very like sweet kid, like genuinely. Um, he spoke English and Chris was like, I'm pretty sure the counter sniper is in this, this yellow house. Um, it's uh, like a three story, I believe he said. And maniac was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. He took a fucking rocket off her kitchen table and he just blew it the fuck up. He, he just. It was, all those houses were matchboxes. So if you fired one rocket into it, it would just set a blaze and then it was done. Like no one could use it at that point. And he blew this house up and he came back and he was like, I hope I didn't hurt anybody. And we're like, bro, you just killed so many people. Because <laughs> uh, our buddy said that it was, it was most likely the Russian HQ too. Because there was a lot of people going in and out of that building. Um, but yeah, it, it was just, so still the third day, the night comes around you know it's again pitch black just have our one thermal and our buddy the sniper he sees like he says it was a company i personally believe that it's maybe more like a platoon i didn't see it and i believe him so i 
it was a company of guys with nods. So Spetsnaz, like they're the only guys that have nods. They're the only ones that are going to move around at night, at least on the Russian side there. So they're moving down the road that, you know, the day prior we had ran straight down and they're coming towards us, most likely towards our house because they, they definitely know we're here at this point and they know that we're the problem of the village or at least that sector of the village. And he starts popping shots off at them and they all just run away like into a house um, beside them. And we're all like, oh, dude, we don't got nods. We don't know. Like, we can't fight. We have to go back to the trenches. Like, we have to go back to the trenches. And we're telling our commander all this. And he's like, guys, guys, chill out. Everyone lie down. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He's like, no, 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 no. Everyone just lie down. Just down to the earth. And we're like, everyone's still like, what? We don't have nods and blah, blah, blah. And we all do it. We all just lie down. Every, every rifle is just pointed towards the door, the only door that comes in the house. And he's like, no, no, guys. Closer to the earth. And we're like, what? Okay. We're just, we're just as flat as we, we're just as flat as we possibly can be. And he talks on the radio for a little bit. And like 30 seconds after that, we just, just the whole house is shaking. Like the earth feels like it's erupting. And like maybe 100, 150 meters down the road, he had called in 120s or 152s onto this house. And He's like, everybody, everybody, you can get back up. The Spetsnaz are dead. And we're like, oh, that's all you had to say, man. Shit. Okay, we can do another night in this house. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. That's fine. <laughs> right after that, though, right after Schwack the Spetsnaz um, with 120s or 152s, they, uh, they just started rocking shit out of the entire area. Um, that was my first experience with grads. And you just hear it like off in the distance, just like, and it is very different from like tubed mortars and artillery. It's very like a very different feeling. Um, it feels so much more impersonal and it, it definitely makes you want to lie down more. You know, it, it's just like, oh, fuck. here it comes. And yeah, they just started saturating the area and forge again, another moment of just sheer fortune and, and miracle. Like, no one got hurt. Even in the trenches, no one was, not that I know of, no one was fucked up from it. Yeah, everyone was good. And it was just another day. Um, and the next day, oh, sh I've missed so much parts. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> wow, I just thought about this. Uh, that, that same day, um, before the nighttime, because I completely brushed over it, uh, our Ukrainian friend, the guy who was always, fucking hell, guys, oh, you know, cover me. He... He was like, hey, you're coming with me. We're going to go back to the trenches. To pick up a, a, a law. And I was like, okay. Picked up a law. I was running. With, I was about to go with him. And as I had cleared the door, uh, just behind me turned, I, I looked back to the door, and all the glass just turned into a plume of white and orange. And I was like, oh, what the f And it, it just shattered the, the glass, and you just hear it all falling around. And I'm like, what the my friends are dead. Like all my friends are dead. And I go back into the door and all that had happened was uh, a mattress that was set up against the window had fallen onto our buddy. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, everyone's okay. Hey, it's like, wow. And then my eyes just started burning, like just burning like no other and water and shit. And I like, I'm like, ah, fuck, I can't see. And that same guy who just got a mattress falling up on top of him, he like comes up and he's like, Oh brother, come here. And he pours water in my eyes and, shit, and I look up at him like, Oh, is it, huh? This guy is, 
like in his forties. Um, he was with the SBS of a allied nation. He's a super solid guy. And I called him my war dad, my fucking war papa. Cause he's just an older guy. And he, he like always takes care of guys around him. He, he's a fucking stellar guy. Um, like from that point on, I was just like locked on with him. I was like, this guy, this guy's awesome. He's a fucking solid dude. And, and he would like always take care of me. And anyway, I did not push back with the law. I just stayed in the house because like, oh man, I can't can't go if it's going on. And we found out that it was a Ukrainian tank that had pushed up alongside, and they just didn't notify anyone. And they had fired around towards Russian lines, and just the uh, just the pressure from the the blast had like knocked the windows and shit apart. And that's how that happened. Going back to going back on my tangent of uh, the night falling and the next day occurring um, past the Spetsnaz. Uh, we got woken up by a tank round entering the back of our building um, or blowing up behind us. We were like, what the fuck? Like, are they behind us now? Like, w- what's going on? And our commander calls up and he's like, guys, don't worry. It was a friendly tank. I'm like, that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> like, it doesn't make me feel better at all, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's just, it's just my buddy. He decided to shoot a fucking tank round into the side of the building. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it, it's normal. Well, why did he shoot a building yeah it's like what oh man <laughs> it's it's just hey, li- this is still up in the same area right yeah it's still a machine yeah and we're still in the same house um, and i'll have to show because it, it didn't impact our house it impacted like this garage you still the had house. the photos of this yeah I'll have to show so there you go so, so if you guys are on youtube you guys get to you get to see the photo of this thing this is great <laughs> oh man you gotta find so it. so i'm gonna tell you right now this is this is going to be the end of episode one. Okay. So I, I have no idea how many episodes this entire thing is going to be. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we've now, we're still sitting inside of Urban area. Yeah, that's the courtyard. Oh, that's a good looking house. Yeah. I'm in the blue a, jeans. <laughs> what is going on with a round hole? Yeah. What is that? No idea. I, I believe that was the tank. Because it fired like, I don't know, like through the building. It's a good looking courtyard wow they did a lot of good stonework there yeah it was like i said it was, it was a, a nice beautiful house. home nice like nice roof home. and everything all right i'll tell you guys you need to make sure you stay tuned because i guess we have i have no idea how many episodes we have because no this gentleman's also he's done some work so i'll see you guys here in a little bit i've got to kick this thing off i guess we'll see you guys tomorrow or the next day